Romans chapter 4, part 3. We're talking about Abraham being justified before he was circumcised. And you have to understand, one of the reasons we are in this, well, the first and foremost reason we are doing this is because the Lord told me to do it. Really, I, I did not want to do it. I've already talked about that and gone through that. But we are living in the same kind of era, society, uh, uh, the same decadence that Christians were living in during the Roman time, during the writing of this word. They were living in a crazy time when a lot of things were prosperous, things were going well, but there was a lot of decadence. You know, today, Paul started out writing, and today we see the same things that he, they were dealing with. All of the ungodliness just was pervasive. It was everywhere, ungodliness. And so he wanted to write to the Roman Christians so they would know how to grow, how to develop. What we have found is that society has been guilty of encroachment. Just continue to come into the things of God, moving more and more. Till they even tell the church, throw away your Bible. That's all antiquated stuff. We're going to make up some new rules to govern people. That's what it's like. And some believers, quote-unquote churchgoers, are accepting that as normal. We now say, well, if, if my child wants to be something other than my child was born as, hey, I'm going to let them decide. And then if your child is a bad person and lying, stealing, cheating, you protect them rather than scolding them. That we're living in a terrible day. Now, the bottom line is, you know my position. I've not made it a secret. The answer is not better politics. The answer is more prayer and living out the reality. Living out the reality. I've said these things multiple times. Way, way back I said them, and nobody got angry with me. But these days, things have become so sensitive, people think I've just started saying these things. You see... I have a problem with our school system taking, quote, unquote, taking prayer out. And I say, quote, unquote, because you can't really take prayer out. Because prayer is the sincere desires and intentions of the heart that God puts in there, and then you, you give them back to God. So your child can't be made uh, to be prayerless in school. You can teach your children to pray. You don't have to do everything in an ostentatious, showy way and just start to, oh, most holy God. Well, there may be somebody else. God doesn't need your loud voice to minister to somebody's heart and spirit. So you can't really take prayer out of school, so we need to pray. My wife was a school teacher, and she found ways to take the Bible. Is it okay for me to say that? Okay, I guess it is. Maybe it's not. She didn't say anything. But, 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 so I, uh, but, but she had ingenious ways God gave her to, to do it. And so, and others who are Christians found a way, found a way. Not, not to be illegal, but to follow God when a law is wrong. We follow God when the law is wrong. And so that's how we do that thing. So Abra uh, Abraham, uh, Paul was writing about Abraham, but Paul was writing to Christians who were living in that kind of world. So you and I have to follow the Lord at all times. 
That's, that's uh, uh, our admonition here today. So in, in, Paul, in, in verse 9, Paul asks, he's talking about Abraham being justified, that is declared to meet God's standard, declared righteous. And you and I have been declared righteous. That means that God has said it, and no one can make him take it back. This is one of the most amazing things that I, I find in the Scripture, how God saves sinners. I mean, he saves them and declares that they meet his standard when we're always falling on our face. How in the world do I meet God's standard when I, I, I still make mistakes? Because I have faith in one person, Jesus Christ. When Pastor Ken was here talking about, about uh, uh, he was sharing some things about Jesus here, I don't remember specifically what he said, but when he, when he said that wonderful thing about Jesus, this is what I, I thought. You know, Jesus, he sort of alluded to the fact that Jesus is the only one person that we need to uh, uh, fix our attention on. And I was thinking, he was talking about death. And I said, I thought, yeah, he, Jesus beat death. But what, that is so amazing. What is striking about that is that our, there are 8 billion people on the planet now. And out of the, the history of the planet, I don't know how many billions have died. And Jesus is the only one that beat it. <laughs> you know, that, if that doesn't float your boat, you're sunk. <laughs> you know, Jesus is the only one. And that's why we serve him and love him and care for him. And we don't tell Jesus what the rules are. We follow the rules. And so when he talks about justification before circumcision, it's a huge thought and idea. And I want you to get that. And when we talk about the law, the law, we're not talking about the laws that we make here in America and other countries. We're talking about God's law that he gave to Moses. All the, the thou shalt nots. Thou shalt not, 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 you know. And, and, everybody, and everybody to whom God says thou shalt not, somebody did it. You may not have done, violated all 10 of them, but you've, you've violated enough of them. The Bible says that if you, if you keep just like the whole law, except one tiny, tiny, one little bit, he says you're guilty of breaking it all. I mean, that's an amazing concept. You have to really think about these things. And uh, sometimes in order to really think about these biblical ideas and concepts, you have to, you have to back away and just spend time alone with God. And God will show you how to live in this present world. This is a damnable world. And if you don't see that, somebody said to me, if you don't see that, there's, there's some issues there. Somebody said to me, well, um, uh, there's some good things in the world. And, and I so doubt that. Because, but if there is something that the world has caught on to, or some in the world have, uh, have caught on to, it means they came from God. And the only reason they didn't repudiate them is because they didn't know they were from God. <laughs> yeah, that's how godless we are. Verse 9. Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? So he's talking about the blessings of justification, God declaring that you meet his standard because of faith in Christ. So he says, for we say that faith was accounted or put on the records, put on the books. It's like, it's like you got a bank account. And, and God puts something in your bank account. You go, where did this come from? You know, I don't know where this came from. And God just put that in your bank account. So what you and I did, we said, uh, this is my son, uh, Yeshua. Thank you, Sister Stephanie, for that Yeshua. 
I thought we, we ought not preach. We ought to just sing Yeshua. Wow. So, so God just puts Yeshua in your heavenly bank account. And you can draw on him eternally. That, that's an amazing reality. And he says, so how then it was it, account, was it accounted or put a, a credit it to him while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? He said, not while circumcised. That's a huge thing. And that was obvious, obviously a blow to every Jewish, many Jewish believers, if not all of them, that no, Abraham, your father, was justified before he was circumcised. Not, not while circumcised. Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And so they're looking down on people who are uncircumcised as you don't have what it takes, you know, because they were the, 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 the ones to whom God had given the law, the covenants, and the promises. And so they thought they had a heads up on people. Now, similarly, there are people who think that just because they go to church occasionally, they've got it up on, on people in the world. I like a statement that Chuck Swindoll uh, made a number, number of years ago. He said, he said uh, I'm going to be surprised who's in heaven. He said, you know, I'm going to be surprised when I get there. I'm going to be surprised that I'm there. And so I, I love that statement because, uh, you know, it, it just showed a heart. It, it, I'm not saying that you should be surprised that you're there because you've been justified. But I am saying sometimes we look at others. You know, we are religious, but we don't seem to have Jesus. And we look at others as being worthless and horrible and and needing a lot of help and don't realize that the fingers are pointing back at us as well. And that's what happened with the, the Jewish uh, people, and uh, especially the Jewish people. He says, now he speaks of Abraham, he says, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised. Now that, every Jewish believer should have known that, but I'm telling you, I think it blew their, their, their heads, their minds. It, it overwhelmed them because they're realizing now that I've been putting my faith in the seal, the circumcision, the thing that's done in the flesh, and I did not take time to look at the fact that Abraham was justified before he was circumcised. And the circumcision just said, I got you. You know, you know I got you, man. It was a seal of the faith he had before. And so you and I have come to Jesus Christ. We yield ourselves to Jesus Christ. And then we don't make up the rules. You see, we are called to be salt and light in the world. And if we are not salt and light, Jesus tells us that we're worthless. He says, you're, you're just meant to be thrown out and trodden under the foot of men. And, uh, and uh, that's exactly what the scripture is telling us that in this decadent world, we need to walk it out. We don't need to talk it out. We need to walk it out. We don't, yeah, not posturing, you know. Yeah. We don't want to posture it and make people think that we are something. But, but we, when you're the real deal, people know it. Yeah, they know it. And so you want to walk it out. And the thing is, you cannot do it having this relationship with the world and its systems. I'm not saying just walk away from various systems in the world because they're there. It's sort of like walking away from dirt, you know? I mean, stuff is there. But I'm saying always taking a part in it and minimizing the effect of the gospel, minimizing the effect of relationship with Jesus, minimizing 
the, the power of the church and looking to worldly institutions to solve our issues. That's, I think that's blasphemy. Let me be bold this morning, okay? I'll be bold this morning, more bold. That's blasphemy. Blasphemy when we do that. Okay. Now, look at what, because the, 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 these Jewish believers, some, many of them had made that mistake. I mean, they were the people who had the covenant, had the law, had the promises. They were really like light in the world. They were to be priests unto God that would take the reality of God to all the nations of the world. And they failed. But Jesus came. But Jesus came. And my goal, our goal, is to take the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, the glory of God that's in the face of the Lord Jesus to every people group in the world. That's our goal. That's our goal. I said to someone recently, if I should fall along the way, if I should fall, that is, succumb to death, I don't want to, but if I should fall and succumb to death, I want all of you to be more fervent. And if you don't, uh, in the night, about two o'clock in the morning, I'm going to ask the Lord if I can shout at you. <laughs> You're in a dead sleep. I'm going to say, what you doing? You know, so. And don't say, I wouldn't be scared. You would be scared. Yes, you could be scared. I learned how to scare people when I was a country boy. You'd be scared. Now listen to what he says. Let me read uh, uh, verse 11. And he received, Abraham received, the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised. That righteousness might be imputed to them also. Wow, thank you, Jesus. God, for your wisdom. And he is, um, uh, he is, those are my words, and he is the father of circumcision, that those who not only are of the circumcised, now listen, uh, of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. So he says that if you are circumcised, the goal is not for you to trust in that. The goal is for you to walk in the faith that Abraham had before he was circumcised. So God is calling us to walk in faith, to walk in faith. I, I, I'm actually at this particular juncture in my life, praying, God, give me even more faith. I'm saying, give me more faith. It is so ridiculous that believers are weak in faith. You know, I, I, you know it's just a, it's, it's one of those phrases I use when I say, when I try to let everybody think I speak Spanish, I go, que vergüenza. You know, que lastima. You know, what a shame, what a pity. What, what, what an embarrassment to say I'm a, I'm a person of faith. I, got, I came into this through faith, but now I don't have any. And, and of course, I've told you my stories. I don't need to re recount them all. But sometimes when God doesn't come through in my projected time when he should, like come through before I get nervous. <laughs> you know? <laughs> should come through before I get nervous about it. And he does not, and he has not. You know, the old song that says, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. You know, and I'm going to tell you, go ahead and give the Lord a glory. 
I, I don't know if I should say I have a problem with God, I've had a problem with God, but I sure have had a concern <laughs> that he would always wait. I'm saying, Lord, I was doing fine yesterday, but I was thinking that in the night you would give me the answer and you didn't. I'm bothered now. I'm flustered. What are you going to do? And in my embarrassment, he would do something. I said, oh, God, please. I'm so sorry, God. And I got tired of saying, I'm so sorry, God. And, and, uh, and I've had to hold my feet down in place to say, he's been faithful all of my life. What makes me think he's going to miss me now? And so it's given to us to have faith at all times. The faith that saved us is the same faith that keeps us. Let me, let me hurry because I'm not going to be able to say everything I want to say. Okay, where am I? Okay, in Genesis, I, I talked about Genesis uh, 16, 16. But you don't have to go there. How um, he was, Abraham was 86 uh, when Hagar uh, uh, bore uh, Ishmael. And uh, in, 17, in Genesis 17, 24, he was 99 years old when he was circumcised. Um, and so that means that, that Abraham uh, received that seal later after he had been justified. And it, it was a sign, a seal. It was an outward token of his justification. Um, Paul, in talking to the Corinthians, he said to them, they were having some um, doubts about Paul. Paul was a, he had been beaten so much that he was probably kind of ugly, and everybody wanted a very handsome, nice-looking leader. And uh, so sometimes God just fools you. Fool, he fools people, sort of. Yeah, and so he wanted this good-looking leader, but he was ugly, and they, they would take the clever people, and, and we still do that stuff. We take the clever people, take the good-looking people, and we want them to lead us. We take the slick people, and we think they won't slick us, and we want them to lead us. But Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9, 2, you don't have to, oh, he's already there, or she's already there. It says, if I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Wow. They were Gentiles. They were now believers. You said, you are my seal. You are the outward sign that God has given me that I am truly an apostle. That's an amazing word. And let's look at Romans um, uh, chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, and we'll, we'll further explain my, my, my little discourse here. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. We need to circle that and never forget it. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter or not in the written code, pray, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So your salvation is not what a man has done for you, it's what God has done for you. And that's what he wants you to know. And so the promise that God gave to Abraham was through faith. And the promise that God has given to all of us is through faith. It's through faith, faith in God. You and I didn't have any faith in God, and God, we may have known about God, but we didn't have any faith. God came to us, revealed himself in some manner, and we suddenly had faith in immediately. That was amazing. 
So verse 13 says, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. Why? Because the law was going to come about 400 years or so or show later. But through the righteousness of faith, God made this promise through faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Man, that's big. Man, that, that is so big. If it came through the law, then faith is void. It's empty. You don't need it. And the promise is null and void. Why? Because the law brings about wrath. For where, is there, where there's no law, there's no transgression. So the law brings about wrath. It cannot bring about the promises of God. Galatians 3.17 say, uh, says, And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. So, so the law came 430 years later, it could not nullify, or annul rather, it could not annul the promises of God. So when people say things to me, and I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and it was a great church. I don't want anybody to think I'm putting it down. It was a great church. I, most of what I teach you, I learned there. And, uh, but there were some things that we had wrong, and I think every denomination has some things wrong. And then we had this thing about you could, if you chew, almost, it was almost as, as uh, absurd as if you chew gum in church, you could go to hell probably for it. You, you know, you could, you, you, you couldn't, if you were a woman, you could not wear slacks or you were a Jezebel. And if you put on lipstick, you were a Jezebel plus two. You know, so, so that was the thing I heard a pastor say once. He said, we'll paint our cars, we paint our barns, we paint our houses to make them look better, and, but we decry a, a, a lady putting on a little bit of lip or something. You know what I'm saying? So those things I was taught, but they're not, they were not accurate. Things like, um, you can go to hell for this, you can go to hell for that. And I thought, I've been saved, and I lived a lot of my life being scared because I thought, Don Lavelle, I know you. You're going to do something really dumb and go to hell <laughs> at the last minute. And I remember when God rescued me from that thought. And he, he sent me to the scriptures. He told me that Jesus Christ had become the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And I thought, that's it. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. So, so be, 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 be settled in your faith that God saved you. And that faith that saved you is the same faith that keeps you. It doesn't mean that you might not make a mistake. You may drive out here uh, and, and somebody, you know, almost hits you and, and you get angry with them because they were driving badly. I remember a number of years ago I was coming to church and um, my wife and I, she wanted to go by the drugstore to get something. I don't, it wasn't drugs, folks, but it, it, we, we went back. <laughs> We went by the drugstore to get something, and I ran in and came back, and I was getting a car ready, and it was her car, a nice car, and this woman on the, on the passenger side came in and opened her car door and slammed into her mind. I, 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 felt, I felt old man DG. I was not happy. Something rose up. And I thought, I need to teach her a lesson. 
Girl, she, and she looked, cause she looked at me and she did it again. Boom. Like, like, boom. And then suddenly, it was a big, 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 big noise. And she looked at me like, what are you going to do? And, I, and, and suddenly, the power of God. I mean, I, cared, I, I knew, I said, God, if I've ever doubted my salvation, I know I'm saved. Because the peace of God just came and I thought, it's okay, it's just a car. It's a car. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. She's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. I'm going to take a, just a tad more time. But come on up, Sister Stay. So, so in verse 16, he says, therefore, if... She's already She's already in place. That's all right. I'm going to finish it. Verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. Now, this is huge. I have to get this. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And so you and I are of the faith of Abraham. Verse 17, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him, God, whom he, Abraham, believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, the ESV says it a little differently. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So this is the God who saved us, calls things into existence that don't even, haven't even been heard of before. It's not like they're back somewhere waiting behind some heavenly curtain. No, it's not even in existence before. And God brings them out, brings them forth for you and me. God is for you. That's why the scripture says, amen. That's why the scripture says, if God is for you, who can be against you? So yeah, we need to know that in this time, I am saved Save, save, not just by my faith in God, but by the grace that gave me faith too. Not just, no, no, it's not, because we can think faith is like, it's like a merit, you know? Uh, like, like, okay, I, I merited this because of my faith. No, no, faith came from grace. <laughs> grace, God had grace on you. I think the Bible says, by grace have you been saved, through faith, and that not of yourself, but it's a gift of God, God gave it to you. So let's walk this thing out. Let's walk it out. Let's be the light of the world. And don't let these people, bad people, well-meaning but bad, tell you that they've got the solution, they're not even saved. 18, who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. God brought him outside and said to him, and that's Genesis 15, 5, God brought him outside and said, look now toward the heavens and count the stars if you're able to number them. God knew he couldn't. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. 
And God has told us things that we've sometimes let go because sometimes we see what we call empirical evidence. Evidence in this world system, you can see, touch, feel. It's not real evidence. Those are lying things. They contradict God, they're lies. And so it's, in verse 19 it says, not being weak in faith. Not being weak in faith, not vacillating in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. We all know what that means. 20. He did not waver at the promise of God. He didn't doubt the promises of God. Even though there was nothing in his body, nothing in Sarah's body that says this is possible, he didn't doubt. That's the kind of faith I want. That's the kind of faith we need. We can change the world with that faith. I'm telling you. Now listen, and the, he didn't look at the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened. Who in hope believe against hope? Can you imagine that? Let's get down to the nitty gritty. You say I know the scriptures, yeah, but do you know them? So you can have an intellectual understanding of something and not know it in the heart. Okay, I just kind of know it in the head, but no. But do you know it here? He, with all those facts against the Word of God, he didn't waver. Now, fact were, the facts were in his body. I didn't say the truth. The facts were in his body. In his body. In Sarah's body. He saw it. She was 89 or 90, probably close to 90, because the, the, Isaac was born when she was 90. He said, mm -mm, God said. No, God, God said. Do you do that in your problems? Do you do that in your situations? No, God said. Sometimes with a husband and wife, we have to say, hey, baby, God said. God said. Can I, can I tell you a quick story? Very quick story. I want to leave out some important parts. But when we left my employment and came from the, the Middle East, we were pretty well set. But uh, just... I, Don Lavelle just started giving out this and this, helping everybody giving this. And so we were in a bad place. And, and um, the Lord hadn't come through like I had sort of surmised that he would. And I remember being upset that my roof had a leak in it and, and uh, things weren't going as, as, you know, sweetly and easily as I thought. And I, rem I remember my wife was walking down a hallway and she said, well, well, let's just trust God. And I said, well, he's not doing anything. <laughs> that was nutty. But God just said, ah, boy. You know, it was nutty. And then he spoke to me. I've prepared a job for you. I want you to go and work. I don't want the church to take care of this situation. I have prepared a job for you. And I went out, put in, in my, my application, not application, but my, my resume, and people, oh, that's Don Lavelle. And, and, and I had job over. And then I said, but, but it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and, and man, God was teaching me faith in everything. Everything God is teaching us faith. But sometimes we look at it wrongly. And I, I'll tell you, they not only hired me with a tremendous salary, they said, 
I said, I need to go preach on Tuesday night. I said, you can go preach on Tuesday night. I need to go preach on Sunday. Well, you can do that. I said, if everything is doing, going well, you can just go. We want you. Isn't God amazing? Don't doubt, everybody. Don't doubt. We're not going to doubt anymore. We are the church that Jesus died for. Okay, so he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, fully, fully. Lord, let us be fully convinced that what you had promised, and he says what he had promised, he was able to perform. Whatever God says, God's able to, to perform it. God's able to do it. It says, and, and therefore, and because of that, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. Paul said this. Thank you, Jesus. Now, it was not written for Abraham's sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him and God who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. There are 8 billion people now living and when all these 8 billion people die, and all the billions and billions of people who've died before, only one man got out of the grave. And we believe in him. We believe in God who raised him from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses, our trespasses, and was raised because of our justification. So God has justified us. So let's walk like justified people, righteous people, not because we're so perfect, but we believe in him who is perfect. And not just because we have faith, but we have faith because of the grace of God. That's who we are. Hallelujah, somebody. Let's praise the Lord. And I'll be back in a minute. Shout. Come on, let's do it. Don't be embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to be embarrassed to give the Lord a shout. You know, I'm not one of those guys who wants just a hot atmosphere, but I want God to do something. And the Lord wants to do something with us. Let's let God do something with us. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus in the part of your sins, you don't know him that way. 
you can know before you leave. And I want you to give your heart to Jesus. And we don't just be some religious entity walking around thinking that you're something when you're nothing. There's some people I can't, I can't stand it. Can I, I'm just being transparent. Talk about God, this God, God, God. Why are they doing every inconceivable thing? It's God, 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 God. Yeah, I know my God. I know my God. My God. Man, you're a liar. You're a thief. You're a cheat. You're every abominable thing. You talking about God? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying let all that stuff go. And I'm talking to you online as well. Let it go. Let it go. If your faith has not changed you, I doubt your faith hasn't saved you. I'm a changed man. Oh, what a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I'm not perfect. You could ask my wife. I'm not perfect, but I sure want to be. And I get in my quiet time with God, and I'm always asking him, make me better. It was coming out of my, my mouth this morning before day, make me better. I want to be better. I don't want to be some religious bigot. We got too many religious bigots. I want to be right with God. And if you want to be right with God, I want you to raise your hand and you want to come to Jesus. You want to come to Jesus. Anybody want to come to Jesus? Anybody wants to come to Jesus? If you want to come to Jesus, I want you, you to come right down immediately and just come and come quickly if you want to come to Jesus. Everybody who now, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to close it in a minute because I've taken a little bit more time. Anybody who wants to say, you know, just raise your hand and say, I want to be right with you, Jesus. I want to be right with you, Jesus. Lord, I want to be right with you. I want to be your salt. I want to be your light. I want to be both salt and light. I want to be unashamed of the gospel, knowing that it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. I want to affect the people around me, not by being some hypocrite or some loud, bombastic person. I want my life to speak. Jesus, I want my life to speak. Before I utter a word, I want my life to speak. I want them to look at me and say, something's different about that guy. Something's different about him. Thank you, Jesus. Let's change the world. That is, let's give the world a clear picture of the Savior. That's my passion. That's my passion. I want it to be your passion. To present Christ to everybody. Lord, for those online, for those here in the sanctuary, I bless them and ask you to do great things in their lives. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen.